Hello, and welcome to another TRADOC Leader Professional Development Discussion. I'm Sarah Houck, Command Information Chief for the TRADOC Communication Directorate and the moderator for today's event. We've got a full house of Army professionals today that we'll introduce in just a second. First, I want to welcome TRADOC Command Sergeant Major Dan Hendricks, who's back with me in the studio today. Uh, it's great to have you back, Sergeant Major, and of course, you're always surrounded by excellence when you come, so welcome Sorry. back. Good to see you again, Sarah. <laughs> Uh, thanks again uh, for joining us, and as I mentioned, we've got a full panel of soldiers joining Sergeant Major and myself today. Each of these soldiers were hand-picked because of the impact they are making on the Army. If you've joined us before, you know that building the force of tomorrow is a whole Army mission. These soldiers represent critical areas of influence for those considering service and those new to the Army. The work they are doing by sharing their stories of service have been recognized across the force as a way to give a glimpse into what service can look like. We're grateful to have each of you here today. So we're going to start off with some introductions. Um, so Corporal Aaron Batley, why don't you go ahead and get us started? I'm Corporal Aaron Batley. I am a 68 Echo Dental Specialist stationed out of Fort Drum, New York, and I've been in the Army for four years now. I'm Staff Sergeant Bernardo. Um, I'm a 74 Delta Chemical Specialist. I've been in the Army for 10 years, and I'm currently going through the recruiting course. I'm 2nd Lieutenant Sarah Blake Morgan. I'm a 35 Alpha Reservist assigned to the 437th Civil Affairs Battalion in Virginia Beach. I am a late in life lieutenant, joined the Army at 31 after reporting and being a journalist for 11 years. I embedded with the 82nd Airborne Division in South America and I came home and saw a recruiter. Uh, good morning, my name is Staff Sergeant McLean. I am a 25 Hotel Network Systems NCO. I'm the FY22 Drill Sergeant of the Year for the United States Army Drill Sergeant Academy uh, out of Fort Jackson, South Carolina, and I'm happy to be here. Good morning, I'm Sergeant First Class Cornelia. I'm a detailed Army Service recruiter out of Margate, Florida. I'm also 92 Alpha Automated Logistical Specialist, and I'm one of the top 50 Army recruiters for FY22 and FY23. I've been in the Army 14 years. Good morning, I'm Sergeant First Class Jason Gantz. I'm a 79 Romeo recruiter stationed at Fort Knox, Kentucky. I've been in the Army for 14 years. I'm the TRADOC Instructor of the Year for FY22. Uh, thanks all of you for taking the time to come uh, spend some time with us to share your Army stories. Uh, truly a heavy-hitting bunch here. So, um, and share, just thanks for sharing your experience with us. And before we get started, I want to, as always, remind everyone who's tuned in to uh, ask questions in the comments, and we'll try to get them answered during the show. And with that, we're going to go ahead and get started. So. Service in the Army and the military in general is constantly changing. The individuals here, including Sergeant Major, can attest to that. Um, the Army he joined looks and operates much different than Corporal Batley's uh, Army that he joined. So today we wanted to dig into those differences just a little bit. And Sergeant Major, we're going to start with you. So you're the one, you know each of these individuals either on a personal basis or through just getting to know them on their right. digital platform. So can you give us a kind of an overview as to why you wanted to get them all together and have them share their stories with us? No, absolutely. So Sarah, it's always good to be back with you. One, the second thing you may have heard her talked about, that the Army is a lot different from when I joined versus uh, some of your other panel, panel members today. It's really just cold for, I think Sarah's saying, I may be a little more mature than the, the soldiers sitting here today. Um, what I would tell you, uh, and I really wanted to do this, this will be my last LPD that I get to sit with you, and I, I wanted to finish it with the folks that are dealing with the number one priority for the United States Army, and that is, it's all about recruiting and accessions. And so as we look at this problem set, 
TRADOC has a huge part of this piece, and it's, it's simple if you look at our motto, you know, victory starts here, and it's really that first handshake uh, with mom and dad America and the children, they're going to join the Army, and then secondly, it's really about how we take care of them with our drill sergeants and that second piece as we train them in that transition to be a soldier. And so there's no better group uh, than this team right here who all have incredible stories. Uh, work with them before on Meet Your Army, and then more importantly, they know how to tell their story not only internal to the Army, but they've done it very, very well externally. Absolutely, and uh, we heard in their intros that they are the best of the best, and you mentioned the recruiters, so we're going to turn to y'all here in this back row since y'all do represent some of the um, top recruiters here in our country. So, um, Sergeant First Class, or Cornell, I wanted to start with you, actually. You were just recently recognized by the Secretary of the Army for your efforts. Um, congratulations on that, first Thank of you. all. Um, and you've been in the Army for a while now. So what has been the most rewarding and the most challenging thing for you as a recruiter right now? The spotlight's on recruiting. So how, what's that been like for you? Um, so like you said, being able to meet the Secretary of the Army, um, the CG, that was phenomenal. Um, you don't know that coming in as a recruiter. So definitely I chose to be a volunteer recruiter because I wanted to help change lives. So it wasn't about incentives or anything like that. But being a, a United States Army recruiter, you can get a lot of awards. Military schools, I recently got Master uh, Leader course. Um, so that's an outstanding school. So if you're really going career progression, USAREC definitely takes care of you. Also, being able to meet, um, you know, everyday people and share your story and inspire them to want to be in boots too, like yourself, that's phenomenal. So it's been outstanding challenges. Is um, it's hard because you got to help change the narrative of what people perceive the army to be to versus what it really is. So once you do that, um, it's pretty much easy after that. And I'm going to pull on that string a little bit. How are you leaning into showing them what it really is? Because like you said, you probably have people come and sit in front of you at your desk as you're trying to encourage their service that don't have um, the clearest picture. So how do you change their perspective on those kinds of things? So USAREC allows us to have this program, HRAP, Hometown Army Recruiter. So all my soldiers that I put in, when they come back, I interview them on their experiences of basic combat training and advanced individual training, and they share their story on what they thought it was before they went versus after, their struggles, their weaknesses, and how they became a strength. So I use their stories to um, help you know, put that out there. So not not to put you on the spot, but if you could, because you were talking about it earlier, that one of the other things that's really helped you out, as you just met her for the first time, is some of these uh, these videos of coming into the Army. So if you could hit that, I think that'd be great. Yes, Sergeant Major. So I have used um, Staff Sergeant's uh, videos a lot. She's a prior drill sergeant, and that has helped me because I joined the Army 2010, so my experience of what basic combat training, it's totally different. So um, this is an honor to meet her live in person, and a lot of my soldiers that are on my Instagram, now they get to see her, you know, live next to me. And I also use the Go Army videos for the jobs because, you know, I could tell them what it is but getting that visual and they're sitting in my chair it's like they can then see hey do I see myself doing this oh I didn't know that's what it was so getting that visual is phenomenal so I wanted to shift to you certain first class Nance um, you as also a top recruiter how is your um, approach is it similar or is it different um, how are you introducing the clear picture of what army service is like when somebody comes to see you to ask about how they can join yeah um you know, first and foremost, we have to understand that 
I look at this as a people business, right? And um, if you lead with clear intentions, a good heart, and be an ambassador to your community, the conversations open for themselves. And, and through those connections, we're finding the brightest minds in our country. Fantastic. And how do you use your own personal story of service? Because you have found success as um, an instructor of the year uh, in part of your other service. So how do you use your own story to encourage service? Yeah, so using my own story is, again, the connection piece, but I think being real, you know, and uh, telling your story in, in a way that's digestible to not only uh, civilians, but soldiers as well. And they view you in a different light, which opens up numerous possibilities of them seeking leadership positions in the Army or, or even considering joining the Army. And, I, and I'll tell you, Sarah, and we, we had this discussion multiple times, and I was, I was just as problematic. And so everybody thinks to be a recruiter, you have to be this massive extrovert. Two years ago, when I sat down with the top 10 recruiters for the United States Army, the top three were, were big introverts. And, and I would tell you, Sergeant Gantz hit it on the head. It's all about just being true to who you are. And, and, in, and there is a, a misperception that they have to be an extrovert. It's just, uh, it's incredible when you see it uh, in person. We've learned just through different LPDs and obviously what you guys are sharing right now that that realness is what uh, encourages service and has really been resonating with the uh, the audience that we've been reaching out to. So I wanted to turn the t attention down here to the two down here at the bottom row who do have a digital um, presence and they are sharing how you guys are walking through your service right now. Um, Corporal Batley, let's start with you. I know you are the youngest here. You, um, your service is the most new. So how, what encouraged you to get into the social media space, the YouTube space with 40,000 plus followers and more than a, millions of views? So what encouraged you to do that? So all throughout my life, I was kind of a creative person and just uh, videography in general kind of interests me. And so all throughout high school, we would do video projects. And so when I joined the Army, before I was actually in, I would try to research, you know, kind of what they touched on. What am I going to be actually doing? How can I see myself doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And the information wasn't out there. And so I kind of took it upon myself. And I also kind of wanted to create a time capsule for myself on YouTube to kind of look back and so when I joined, I just, just documented my life and the journey of joining the military. And at first it was just for me. And at first it was just for me. And eventually after basic training, like my videos blew up. I get all these comments like, hey. And that was kind of telling me like, this is, this is people want this people. You know, people could actually use this. This could help a lot of people. And so I just kind of continued, continued on and it just grew from there. And I, I'll tell you, Sarah. Bradley's being a little modest. We had him, uh, and matter of fact, the front row here did a great LPD with uh, every first sergeant and sergeant major in USAREC talking about the power of influence through social media and the positive stories that they tell. And because they're genuine, like uh, I, I was blown away. And if he's up there in 10th Mountain, right, God's country, and I would say has a huge following just because he's honest about, hey, here's what the Army is really like. And I know um, South Norman Bernardo and Ramirez is the same way. She has a huge following as well. She's been doing it a little bit longer. But what encouraged you to, I know you enjoy photography but, or videography, but why put it out there? Why uh, share your journey on, in a digital space? Um, for me, 
whenever I was younger, I just started watching YouTube. I just kept watching YouTube, and I was like, it became a hobby, and the Army is my life. So um, instead of hiding that, I wanted to show more about it. And like what he was saying, whenever I wanted to join the Army, there was not that many videos about it. Um, and then I became a drill sergeant, and I wanted to kind of show the world, hey, we are humans. We are just like you, um, and I just wanted to put it out there. Fantastic. And I wanted to turn the tables on you, Sergeant Major. So these individuals, they're nice. using their service as um, a platform to share what the Army is doing. Um, obviously, that takes a lot of work-life balance to be able to um, capture those stories as they're walking through them. How do you get leadership buy-in for them to be able to film pieces of their career? Because obviously, some of these pieces right. are coming from their training. So how do you balance that? How do you um, say this is a fantastic thing as a leader? Yeah, as a leader, there's a, there's a couple of things. One is most of them are doing it, whether you know it or not, as a leader, right? And so you, you really want to become aware of it and then make sure they understand, hey, here are the rules and regulations associated with the DOTI that follows guidance in the space. But it's also about, as a senior leader, at the end of the day, it ain't about you. Matter of fact, when you're talking to the youth of America and those folks that are going to be the next generation to join, you're the last person they want to hear from. You're the institution. you got to understand it, and that's why we've done so many events where we do meet your army. And we will take out young folks like uh, Corporal Batley and the team here, and we will go to events, and we'll go to high schools and colleges, and we'll go to the Houston Rodeo and just let them tell their story and it's powerful it is truly powerful it really is and i again your views on your videos is <laughs> inspiring enough um did you guys did either of you ever think that what you were doing just having fun enjoying something as a hobby was going to be impactful no not at all if you were to tell me back in high school like you're going to be flown out to Fort Eustis, Virginia to tell your story, I would not have believed you. And it's very, it's very, um, I'm blessed to be in a position where I'm at today. Sergeant Bernard. Uh, same here. I didn't think that my videos would blow up that much. And then um, I was kind of afraid about the leadership and kind of posting on social media, but then meeting Sergeant Major Hendricks and how he was so open of me sharing my story because it's just genuine. It was just amazing to have a leader like that. And I, and I will, and, and Sergeant McLean can attest to this. When we went through the airport there at Jackson, we were departing, Bernardo was with us, and uh, I would tell you what, you would thought the paparazzi showed up. Everybody kept walking up to her, wanted to take photographs with her, and it was all because she was saying, here's what you have to do to be prepared to go through uh, basic combat training. It was impressive. It's pretty impressive. And again, just a testament to the individuals that you want to bring to have these kinds of discussions. So we talked about storytelling a little bit. A second Lieutenant Morgan. So your journey is definitely different. Um, you're a reporter in your, your, not your past life, but a reporter um, for the first half of your career. So how have you used that experience as a storyteller, as a civilian, and brought it into your reservist life now? Well, I can't say that 
I'm more excited to hear the conversation that's happening here because genuine real stories is what the Army needs more of. And I don't think I realized until I got into the Army how many incredible, inspiring stories that there are. So it's easy. I mean, for me, I had a following um, because of my news career, but I was, you know, tweeting from uh, crime scenes or tornadoes or things like that. Um, and then when I decided to join the Army, that people were a little shocked because it did not fit the mold for me at all. I was not athletic. I had to work really hard at it. Um, but so I started sharing my story and then I went through basic training um, and I realized all of these incredibly inspirational stories around me and they're not hard to tell. Um, so as long as you're genuine, you tell someone's perspective, you never know who's watching and who may see that and be like, hey, they're like me. Why don't I join the army? Absolutely. And you mentioned you were inspired by just spending time with somebody in uniform. Not everybody has that opportunity because they come from an area where they're just, the military is just not present. So for the recruiters, if somebody like Second Lieutenant Morgan were to walk into your office and go, hey, I am interested in serving. She obviously chose a reservist route. So how do you have that conversation with them to adjust? And we'll come back to kind of what your experience was with your recruiter, just so that you can walk us through that. But as a recruiter, um, how do, how do you have that conversation with somebody that says, I would like to serve, this is how I was inspired, and then lay out those options for them? So um, you go over the benefits of full-time versus part-time. You explain that that's active duty versus reserves. And then what I like to do is have them, you know, explain their short-term goals versus their long-term. So that way you can have a better understanding of what are you trying to help them achieve. And then that way you can be um, the source to help them make that decision that's for that end goal result. Perfect. Single Lieutenant Morgan, so what was that like for you? Um, you had come back from a mission as a reporter and being with the military, and then you came back and was like, I'm going to go talk to a recruiter. What was that process like for you? Which shocked everyone in my <laughs> life. Um, I walked in cold to a recruiter's office in Charlotte, North Carolina. I just gotten done covering the Iowa caucuses because um, I went right from South America to Iowa. I walked in and I was like in a green like business suit. and didn't fit the mold, which we n I now know is not the mold because there isn't one. Um, but I, I sat down with a recruiter. He kind of said, ah, it's really hard to get into OCS. We'll see, because I'm sure he thought I wasn't serious. Uh, a friend connected me with another recruiter who was fantastic and took care of everything with OCS. Um, and I'm extremely grateful for that process. But yeah, I, I think um, because I didn't fit like the exact mold, it was a little bit difficult for that recruiter to relate to me, but it's what these guys are doing that shows there's not that stereotypical one type of person. Absolutely, and um, I wanted to ask you, um, with the accessions mission really sitting on that heat on the stove now, it's got some heat under it, has your outlook or your goals or your mission as a recruiter changed or adjusted to the new spotlight that recruiting is on under? I would say uh, we've adjusted in terms of energy. Um, we need to put more energy into the connections, real connections with human beings. Um, no, normal people have concerns and, and that's why the power of storytelling through each one of these individuals, every Army recruiter across the country, the more connections we make, the more likelihood we'll, we'll fill our ranks. Fantastic. Speaking of filling ranks, um, 
Sergeant McLean, you get these individuals as a drill instructor after um, these wonderful individuals have recruited them. Um, so what is it like to get those individuals that may not fit that mold, like Second Lieutenant Morgan mentioned? They may not fit what is normal. So how is you as a drill instructor, how are you kind of erasing that and just building them to be ready and capable soldiers? Uh, yeah, so, you know, talking about the mold, it, you gotta, when they come to you, you know, they aren't, you have to, like, baseline them. And what I mean by that is no one person is different. We're all, we're all the same, right? We all have our stories, which brought us to this point. And at this point, now I want to know, okay, how are we going to build a cohesive team so then we can get after, you know, going, uh, doing the training to get them ready to be soldiers? And the Army obviously has a couple of new programs that is bringing in soldiers in a different light, like the Future Soldier Prep course. So how have you been, you have a lot of experience as a drill sergeant, so how has the drill field or the, being a drill sergeant adjusted to those soldiers who may be coming from um, the academic track or the fitness track? Um, are they just coming in like they would normally? Are you adjusting them? How are the drill sergeants working with them in that program too? Yeah, so twofold. So the, the first half of what you uh, your question. So there's no change, right? When they get to basic training, they're like any other soldier. Uh, what we've noticed, though, is that those uh, trainees who are coming from the Future Soldier Prep course, right, they are a lot more motivated and they are taking leadership roles from early because they understand, hey, the Army, the Army, they gave me something. They, they helped me get to this point, and now I really want to get after what, you know, what I want to do in the Army. And into the second half, you know, as they're coming into the Future Soldier Prep course, a lot of them, like I said, they're very motivated to be there. Um, and they just needed that one thing, that one obstacle to get over uh, to, in order to serve in our Army. And I think that they are extremely proudful. And uh, what I want to say is I've talked to one of the trainees who are over there um, not too long ago, and I mean her story is pretty incredible. So, uh, just backstory real quick. Um, she came from Jamaica. Uh, she just upped and left uh, to take care of her family, her kids, and uh, her uh, mom and dad. Uh, came to came to New York. Uh, once she got to New York, she you know didn't know what she wanted to do. Bouncing from house to house, job to job. Um, her motivation to actually join the army was someone who she came up from Jamaica with joined the Army and she moved down to Texas and seeing her in the Army and her battle buddy sharing her story really ignited something in her to go and join uh, and now she's on track to be a dental specialist. That's fantastic and those are the kinds of stories that I know y'all are seeing on a daily basis and I know you're helping try to tell those stories um, on social media with your following so I wanted to shift a little bit to the social media social media space um, we have recruiters who are in the social media space there's some that use it in a much different way um, that with their followings y'all are sharing your stories just based on everyday stuff so um, Dr. Bernardo let's start with you how does social media impact your life on kind of a, a daily basis whether you're um, trying to share what your off time looks like or what um, your day looks like say going to your recruiting school right now um, I would say with me it's actually it's 
a lot of people don't see what we do in the back end. Um, a lot of planning, editing, um, making sure the music's right, making sure there's a storytelling. Um, but it's pretty much just going through my life, taking a video of it, and since I've been doing it for so long, it just became easier and easier. And being able to share it um, throughout the world, I go to every different duty station, and someone knows who I am, yelling my name, oh, I, I follow you. And it's just a big, big net networking thing for me, too. And Second Lieutenant Morgan, you mentioned you had uh, an audience that followed you from your first career to now your second career. What has it been like? What kind of impact does um, your social media following have on your life now um, as a reservist? I would say in the civilian world, more people have come up to me and said, oh, okay, you're not what I thought of when I thought of a soldier. And hey, my daughter is now considering it and things like that. Um, my biggest thing that I try to do is just be honest and real. A lot of people, soldiering comes easy to. I am not that person. And as I said earlier, I've had to work really hard at it. So I'm not going to sugarcoat, you know, how much it took me to train up to pass the OCS four mile. Like that was a huge accomplishment for me because I was not a runner. Um, so being real and honest and open because maybe there's someone out there who's struggling who says, okay, I can't do it. But they see someone who also had to work hard and it might resonate with them. Fantastic. I mean, and those are the thing. Inspiring service. Um, now there's somebody's daughter who is considering it just from seeing you as a as a, a soldier. Now is pretty fantastic. Um, those impacts are everlasting. Honestly, um, I wanted to for the drill sergeants. Um, we know we have some that have fantastic voices on social media. Um, why is a drill sergeant's point of view uh, imp important? In telling stories and inspiring service because you guys have a very different role um, it can be a little intimidating <laughs> so why is it important for y'all to share your your stories in that space as well um, so, I mean somebody hit it on the head earlier in the in the show um, drill sergeants are humans too I think people look at drill sergeants as the author 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 the leader figure. <laughs> <laughs> they look at us as the leader figure and they get scared, they get intimidated, they don't want to say certain things. And our job is to lead and it's to motivate you and it's to make you a better, not only soldier, but a better person overall so you can go, you know, enter our society um, with skills that are not going to just translate for the Army, but outside the Army as well. And, I, and I'll tell you what, what Sir McLean just described is actually how I met Sergeant Bernardo. So they have, uh, when you go through BCT, there's this huge kind of culminating event. It's called the Forge. And uh, her command had asked her to, to kind of capture that in a short two to three minute video. And it, what it really shows you is our drill sergeants leading from the front in this, this event. And so not just barking and screaming at him and yelling, but literally up front, competence, faith, and trust, and building that over time, taking them through this event. And uh, if you watch that, it gives you a, it gives you the power of what the drill sergeant can really do, and it shows you, you know, when you bring that cohesive team together, how successful you can be. Fantastic. We were kind of talking about um, cohesive teams. Um, each of you has a different experience of what that means, just from your military experience. Um, Corporal Batley, I wanted to ask you, um, how do you, because building trust and confidence is one of the big um, communication points that I'm sure all of y'all are 
sharing on a daily basis. Um, how important is it to you to be sure that you're sharing those Army values and what you are capturing on a daily basis? I think it's very important. I think especially because that's, like you said, it's the Army values. If you're going against that, it's going to make you look like a hypocrite. And who's going to who's going to trust you? And how's that going to make you trustworthy? Could you repeat the question? I'm sorry. I just wanted, so y'all's missions are to share the Army's story, and you're making sure that those me those messages are in line with the Army values. So how important is it for you? And how do you do that? That would be the better question is, how do you be sure that what you're sharing is in line, uh, giving an accurate picture of what the Army is? I think simply put is, once you live the Army values, everything else you do is easy because if you're living the Army values, everything that I'm putting out is going to be a representative of that. And therefore, the people considering joining the people already in and the people who just got out or got out earlier, they're like, okay, you know, that's what the, that's what the Army's still doing. That's what I'm doing right now, and that's what I'm going to be doing. I think it's very easy once you live the Army values. Fantastic. Um, so we didn't talk social media in the recruiting space, but we, I'm going to shift over to y'all. Um, Sergeant First Class Cornelia, so... You have a social media following. You're using it fantastically as a recruiter. How do you, how is it social media impacting the recruiting mission right now? I feel like it's a huge um, key element that you need to have. Um, sharing the uh, Army story, uh, what we're about, um, what will they gain um, by joining the Army, uh, citizenship, you know, getting it expedited, uh, student loan repayments, um, cash enlistment bonuses, college um, tuition assistance. My son um, got to use my GI Bill, you know, paid for by the Army. There's so many benefits that not only benefits the soldier, but the family member. So on social media, sharing that, it changes their, you know, opinion of what the Army is and what we bring to the table that a civilian job does not do. One of the huge things in Florida um, that a lot of people don't know is BAH. You know, not only getting a federal income, but you also get housing for your family, being able to get a house using your VA loan without having to put money down. For, um, you know, international people that just are getting their citizenship, that's a key element that they really like that, hey, now I just moved to this country, but now I can get my first house that's phenomenal for them. So that's how I use it on my social media. Um, Sergeant First Class Gantz, how are you seeing recruiters use social media in a, in a positive way? Yeah, I, I think, uh, look, social media is a, is a great way to connect with people. I think a lot of times recruiters will view it as a, uh, another way to say, hey, are you interested in joining? And really what it's about is building a brand, building a name for yourself. So when you walk into a high school, a college campus, uh, a, a, no, a local store, right? You have a face to the ambassador for the community. And that allows the door to open and somebody to walk in and now the conversation can start. Fantastic. And sometimes that conversation is the hardest thing to get started. Um, so how do you guys, even outside of your recruiting mission as individuals, how are you, are you encouraging your, um, your teammates to share their army story too um, how are you driving internally to share your story so Seth Sergeant Bernardo are you how do you encourage your friends to maybe not get on social media but have those conversations how do you explain how important it is um, how I, well right now I'm going through the school so I'm kind of telling everyone hey start your social media and it's not even just about hey pushing out the army it's pushing out like he said yourself 
and being very genuine. Um, also, it helps with networking, and it's like if I'm I'm going to be a recruiter in California, so if I need someone to go ship from Florida, I'm going to call her up, and it's another network thing. And then also, this is how Corporal Battley and I have met was because of social media and just talking throughout the years. So it's just it works out. Um, so. We are going to talk a little bit about um, the reserve side of things. Um, your story, while it wasn't on social media, you saw it. Um, can you walk through why you were inspired to serve? Everyone has a different story of inspiration as to why they walk through that recruiter's door. But um, why exactly spending time with those soldiers on one of your stories? Why was that inspiring to you? Absolutely. And I love talking about it. Um, my friends and family have heard it way too much, I'm sure. Um, but for me, I was the granddaughter of a battlefield commission uh, during World, World War II. I, my husband is a gold star son. From uh, His dad was killed in Afghanistan. Um, so that was very ingrained in my household. But it never crossed my mind because that wasn't me. Uh, I'm, you know, the girl on TV who chases, you know, down stories and loves to dress up. But I'm not a soldier, no way. Um, and up until that trip in January 2020, when I embedded with the 82nd, um, I spent the week with them, and it really was the camaraderie that I was at this this moment in my life, and I've said this before, where. I had to make a decision. Do I do something drastic um, or do I keep going on in mediocrity? So I did something that was completely opposite of me and it changed everything about my life. Um, going to basic training at 31 to th Fort Leonard Wood will upend. I mean, obviously it's not as difficult as it once was maybe, but for me, oh, it was difficult. Um, but it changed my life in the best way. Uh, I would be right there with you. I am not a fitness person, so I, you're truly inspirational to be able to get through OCS and of all those difficult physical pieces of, of, of the journey. So thank you so much for sharing that. And like I said, the reserves is definitely something that we don't um, see as often. So your social media presence, again, is inspiring service on that side of things, which is really inspirational. So um, we do, speaking of social media, Obviously, as you wear the uniform, there's a very strict balance of what you can and can't say and how you, like we mentioned earlier, stay within regulations. So I wanted to, um, Corporal Batley, how are you balancing what you're sharing and what could potentially start wandering off into off the rails into maybe like a security risk for sharing information? How are you educating yourself to be sure that you are sharing helpful safe information in this space well thankfully the internet is a thing and so and i've also made a lot of great friends like sergeant Sar bernardo but if i come across something or if i'm filming something and i'm kind of like hmm i don't know if i should do that there's great resources out there on the internet and i can always you know contact her see what she says you know and now that i'm here i can you know contact even more people and just to get a clear guidelines what to post and what not to post because ultimately even though you know I may out of be uniform, I'm still a representative. Still a represent. I still represent the United States Army. Even if I'm wearing the OCPs or if I'm in civilians, I represent the Army. And so, once you're still in, and then that goes into when you're living the Army values, all that comes easy. 
Stephen Bernardo, how do you find that balance of um, being authentic and real, but within regulations, so that you're sharing, like you said, a, a safe and impactful story? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there is, you know, the social media policy, the DOTI, um, that we always have to look into, uh, regulation in general. Uh, with me, it's just, like he says, living the Army values. and. With being an NCO, um, a leader, I have to also share, hey, this is how you do it. This is what you want to do. Um, if I have a problem with anything, I bring it up to my leadership or whomever I need to talk to. So instead of posting it on social media, I know what's right, what's wrong, and when to do it and when not to do it. Yeah. It's a very fine line that y'all have found a fantastic balance for. So if somebody were new to um, wanting to share their story, they've kind of seen that um, what they're doing is, in, I mean, it encourages them and brings joy to them, and they want to share it with others and um, share, hopefully, um, encouraging words to get people through y'all's doors so you can get them signed up. Um, how do you encourage somebody, or what would be the first steps for somebody to become what we would call an Army influencer or an ambassador? Um, do you have some insight on that, Sergeant Bernardo? I, I kind of do. Um, so, again, this is how Corporal Badley and I met. was through social media. He started his uh, YouTube channel, um, and then I just saw it, reached out to him. And anytime he has a question, he'll reach out. And it'll be the same thing, like, hey, I want to post this. How does this look like? Um, or even him taking my ideas or I'm taking his ideas of, and kind of just changing it to myself. That's how we kind of um, do it. So just reaching out to other social media influencers, they will reach back and they will give you um, advice. Fantastic. Um, shifting a little bit about feeding off of each other and how to become better leaders, we're going to go up to the drill sergeant because y'all are some of the first leaders in places of authority that individuals when they join the Army see. Um, so as a drill sergeant of excellence, as drill sergeant of the year from the academy itself, how do you encourage everyone from even a corporal or a brand new individual in the Army, how do you encourage leadership or for them to be a leader? Because some people are very introverted. Mm -hmm. Leader Leading can be very intimidating. So as a drill sergeant, how do you encourage leadership in everybody, even if it's outward leadership or more of that passive leadership? Um, I So I think it starts with the basics, right? If you hone your skills, hone just the basics, you can build off of that. Um, what I try to do as well is I try to lead by example. Uh, everything that I do daily, I expect from other people as well. Um, and then just not being afraid. You know, leadership isn't perfect. You're not going to be, you know, a Star Major Hendrix and overnight. Right? It takes time and it takes you wanting to be a better person. Comment. I think I picked up on that. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, sir. Yeah. No, it just takes time. And you got to trust the process. So, so if I can ask, because um, I've, I've worked with you before and I've gotten to go down to Jackson, and as you look at, um, you know, BCT, if you look at what you guys just finished, I think you did back to back to back rotations of junior ROTC leadership challenge efforts, huge family days on the back end of those. I think you do about 12 graduations in a row, back to back to back, and you got families from all over America coming out to see their son or daughter, you know, and this big accomplishment. You know, what's your basic kind of perception when you get to go to those events of, um, you know, the family members who get to come out and be part of that? Um, Tom Major, I think, you know, 
having the family members behind those soldiers and behind those civilians is absolutely important. Uh, and the fact that just for like JCLC, um, just recently that just happened at Fort Jackson, happens every year, you know, it's where the families come out with their, you know, sons and daughters and they go through a cadet camp uh, for JROTC. And just seeing the family members and the support that they have behind their soon-to-be soldiers is absolutely astonishing. Uh, if we don't have the family members' support, you know, it's going to be hard to, to continue on the, traje the trajectory that we are on now. Fantastic. I do have a question for our recruiter. So um, speaking of family members and that support, um, sometimes it's hard for people to make that leap. They come talk to you, but they just can't really step over the line and want to sign on the dotted line. How important is it for y'all's information that you're sharing on social media or just with them, important for their family members and those in their corner to know, to help encourage them to take the leap and make that tough decision to, to serve? It's a, big, it's a big commitment. So how important is it for family members, like you mentioned, to be um, hearing your messages as well? So regardless of the age, I recommend for all Army recruiters, if they're a teenager, even if they're 18, 19, I always ask for a mom, dad, if both parents can't come with them to the initial appointment, bring at least one because um, sometimes they're, they think they're an adult, they know everything, but when they have mom or dad there, mom and dad thinks of things that they didn't think, like questions, what should they be asking, et cetera. So, and then they don't realize that as a soldier, you're only as strong as your family support, having that you know spouse or whatever. So if they are married, we have their spouse come in also with their kids because guess who's going to be left in the rear when they go off to drill sergeant over here? Their wife or their husband. So having them at that initial appointment, they can ask, hey, what do I have to expect? How do my bills get paid? All that. So you're including them and they feel far, a part of a team, which is what the Army is. We're a family. And like he said earlier, be authentic as a recruiter. Put yourself in their shoes, what it was like when you were once, you know, the applicant, the chair. How would you want to be treated? What would you want from that Army recruiter? So I highly recommend for all Army recruiters, have a parent, have a spouse there, um, and have them write those questions before they come. Nine times out of ten when they come to the appointment, they forget them because they're nervous. Um, so if they write them down before they go to the appointment, you can let them sharpshoot you, and that builds that trust where it's not planned, it's raw, it's real, like he said, being authentic at the end of the day. Sergeant First Class Gantz, are you seeing, what are some of the most common questions you get from those family members or those significant others that are coming with them to these appointments? Um, are they, are there, is their picture kind of unclear as to what Army service really looks like as well? Right. I think a lot of the, first, we understand 2023, right? It's the age of transparency. So I think when somebody isn't able to make that step, there's just a little bit of trust or credibility that's missing. That missing link might be the spouse, might be the family, might be the mom, the dad. And what I see the majority of the time is, is just maybe misinformation or miss that need to be broken through communication between a recruiter and a civilian. Um, and really, most parents support the, the child. It's, it's when we separate them and the recruiter tries to close the deal before we meet the family, we're, we're, we're a family right? So everybody needs to be involved in this process. Um, nothing like having a family involved before you gain a whole new family, as cheesy <laughs> as that sounds. <laughs> um, so I 
before we end, I wanted to kind of get some words of advice or inspiration from each of you um, for somebody who may be on the fence about their service um, or maybe too young to kind of in get involved yet. So I'll kind of bounce around and see. So Sergeant for, uh, Second Lieutenant Morgan, if somebody that had approached you, um, it was like, well, I'm nervous about service. Um, what would you say to them that would make them turn around from you and go find a recruiter like you did? I mean, I've had these conversations. Um, <laughs> it's something my former commander calls me um, the golden retriever because I'm still very excited to be here and I love the army so much. And all these people on Twitter say that will go away eventually, but I'm going to hold on to it as long as I can um, because the army has completely changed my life and everything about me. Um, I was terrified. Uh, I think because I had this very stable life, I had a career, I had a family, I had a house. We had just purchased a house a month before I shipped to basic. Um, I, those six months leading up to my ship date, I would wake up in the middle of the night just like, what have I done? Um, and of course, as I shipped to Fort Leonard Wood and got off the bus, I thought that many times going through those 10 weeks. Um, so yeah, you're going to be scared. But you should do things that you're scared of because that's when you have those life-changing moments. Um, so I'm the example of what the Army can do. It can change you in every way. I'm going to jump up to South Dakota McLean. So how do you take somebody wide-eyed and terrified off that bus and turn them into somebody who is just as motivated and loves the Army just like Second Lieutenant Morgan does? How do you do that? Um, it really starts by leading by example. Us being out there in front. So in basic training, we have what's called the first 100 yards. And that is our time to show our new trainees, hey, we are not above anything. We do the same things you do. I'm going to show you exactly how to do it and how to become uh, you know, a soldier of the United States Army. It's really just about motivating them every day as well. Fantastic. Sergeant Bernardo, I, since you have been a drill sergeant and now you're becoming a recruiter. Those are some of the tougher jobs, jobs that kind of make people a little nervous about their careers. How would you inspire service having worn both of those hats or soon to be worn both of those hats? Um, with me, honestly, it's just sharing my story. It's one of the things that um, the recruiting college is telling us to do as well, just sharing our story. I was once in their shoes. I was scared. I didn't know what was going to go on, but also just saying what I've accomplished and then also having that social media and having those videos that I'm actually there and showing them, it kind of helps the situation out. Corporal Batley, you have the shortest Army career so far. So far, I'm not discounting you in any way. I'm not counting you out yet. Um, <laughs> so how do you inspire um, your peers? Because your peers are very different than everybody else's peers. So how would you communicate to somebody who comments in one of your on one of your videos why should I join so I think like kind of hit it most of which has been already talked about share my story first share with them what the army's done for me for an example many of my audience they're high schoolers they don't know what they want to do with their life like life like life is about to hit them it's scary it's a it's a bunch of uncertainties and kind of like Sergeant Bernardo was saying, I was in your shoes, and I'm just going to demonstrate like, hey, I wasn't the best high schooler, 
and I never thought I would go to college. I'll, I'll be one of those students who just say college is a scam, it's a waste of money, but look at me, I'm 21 years old, I'm pursuing my bachelor's degree in cybersecurity, I'm about to buy my house at 21 years old. A lot of stuff that the Army has done for me is things that I would have never thought, you know, and another thing, I used to work at Six Flags and like, I wasn't making the, the best money or, but like in the Army, it's allowed me to save like the most amount of money that I've ever seen in my life before. And it just lays down a foundation where you could pursue and truly be all you can be. Although I don't want to be all, you know, niche or cliche, but it's truly enabled me to pursue, as you can see from my YouTube, Aaron B TV, if you're watching, <laughs> um, it's really like laid that foundation for me to pursue truly what whatever and then especially if you if you aren't coming from you know the best of situations it's allowed you to like you know not have to worry about that by giving you a place to save food to pay and it's just allowed you to focus on yourself Fantastic. and Sergeant Cornet, I wanted to come to you for just a second Taking off your recruiter hat for a second, because I mean, obviously, you're incredibly passionate about um, helping build the force and the mission and the position you're currently in. As just a soldier, how would you encourage um, that young lady or that young man who you may see on the street um, outside of your uniform? How would you encourage them, or even just explain military service to them? Um, so, like he said, be all you can be, you know, um, like she never expected herself as the mole of a soldier. There is no such thing as what a soldier is. So, um, I joined late in my career as a mom and um, a wife, 26, I'm 39 now. I couldn't even do one correct push-up when I met my recruiter, I was like her. Um, but it changes your mindset that you're stronger than what you think you are. Um, and being logistically a specialist in the Army, I would have never thought about that. I worked in the hospital before coming in the Army. I'm doing something totally different. Um, so you have to, you know, don't have an image or a mold of what you think you should be. You can really be anything um, in your career. I've been in so long, I'm doing 20 years, retire at a young age. So um, if you're out there and you're thinking about wanting to join, go out, see your recruiter, share what you want to achieve. And that's our job is to get you to that end goal and have a goal setting. Um, and sit down one-on-one -on -one and mentor you. I've had outstanding leaders in my career. I've been in 82nd twice, military police, field artillery, um, in SPO twice, in SASMO. Um, so I've been broad and all over the world, Germany, South Korea. So if you want to travel, um, I've been to 15 countries. It's really cool. Um, the Army is so much fun, and I don't understand why you would want to join. <laughs> <laughs> Put it all on a poster. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> um, Sergeant Gantz, I wanted to ask you as well. So if there was a pinnacle moment in your career that was like, I am where I'm supposed to be, where, what moment would that be? Um, I think it was um, the first person I put in the Army, Justin Denham. He was from uh, Richmond, California, just outside of Oakland. And, um, you know, when I picked him up from his house, um, I asked him uh, for the instructions to get to his house, and uh, he said there was the one with the bullet holes. And um, and uh, to, to get somebody out of that community is just pretty powerful. And from that moment on, I knew that I was in the right business. I was I was uh, the leader to to be for this organization to change people's lives. So we can't thank you enough for where you are and the impact you're making and um, each of you the impact each of you is making um, unfortunately we're starting to come to the end of our time I wish I could just keep asking y'all everything I just want to 
pop down the line and ask everybody why you serve and why you continue to serve. Um, but we're actually going to just see if anybody else has kind of some final um, thoughts or words of inspiration if somebody's on the fence. So, Corporal Badley, let's start with you. Yeah, so if anybody's watching, or for all of those that are watching this right now, just realize that, you know, you are you are in control of you. You are, you know, you choose where your life path, you choose where your life goes, and I'm just grateful to be here. Thank you for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you. So, Sergeant Bernardo? Um, I just want to say thank you for everyone that's been watching. Thank you, Sergeant Major Hendricks. Thank you, Sarah. Um, like he said, if you want to do it or you're thinking about doing it, go ahead and do your research. Um, follow me at, at Erica Bernie just so you can see the more inside of it. And yeah, just do it. I, there's, there's no regret, no regret that I've, I've had. So also, I want to say hello to my mom, dad, <laughs> and my spouse, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> Second Lieutenant Morgan, any final thoughts for us? Yeah, I'll talk to any aspiring reservists out there since I'm the only reservist here. Um, you can be both. You can have a fledgling career in the civilian world and you can wear this uniform and have adventures and experiences like you never expected. Um, I am still a journalist and I am a soldier and I love both equally and I have to keep those lives separate and I'm still learning that. Um, but it, I said it before, and I'll say it again. It's the best decision I ever made. Fantastic. Uh, certain first class McLean. Uh, Gantz, sorry. <laughs> we'll go this way, sorry. Uh, I just wanted to end with uh, leadership's a skill, so it's, it's perishable. And um, I think too many times we lean on trackers and spreadsheets, and I think really what we're looking at is we need more people that know how to communicate, that have the right mindset, that have a zest for life, and um, if we can start training and honing in those skills, we'll be a better force. Also, like Sergeant B said, I love you, Mom, um, <laughs> <laughs> and my wife and kids. So, thank you, Sarah. Everybody forget about Dad. <laughs> <laughs> dad I said Dad. Sergeant Force Class Cornelia. Um, so I wanted to shine light on the soldier um, referral program. Um, as a recruiter, I got to share this for uh, leadership for all soldiers in the United States Army. It is a program that um, privates through private first class can get promoted um, within 60 days of somebody that they refer um, joining the United States Army and ship it out to basic combat training to see these two high-speed drill sergeants out there. Um, also, if they are in the ranks of specialists or above, um, they're a non-commissioned officer they can get the service ribbon. Um, it's a great program where they can get 10 promotion points. They can get it up to four times, so that's 40 points. So anybody out there that's chasing points, um, refer somebody. How do they do it? They go to www.goarmy.com slash refer. Um, and you can also text to Go Army um, RFRL. I highly recommend that you go out there and do that. And then I want to say if you're in South Florida, Broward County, hit me up at 954 263-2271. I would love to be your recruiter, share my Army story, and get you in boots and help change your lives. So thank you to Command Sergeant Major uh, Hendricks and Miss Sarah for having me here. It's an honor and a privilege. Thank you so much. And well you are on it. I could never pull yeah. all that information out of my head. Yeah. <laughs> Sergeant McLean, any final thoughts for us before we sign off tonight? Yeah, first and foremost, uh, Sergeant Major Hendricks, thank you for having me. Uh, Sarah, thank you so much. The conversation was amazing. I loved it. Um, I do want to say to all of my drill sergeants out there, um, you know, don't shy away from going out and telling your story and having a conversation with 
uh, not only civilians, but other soldiers as well. You know, people have a perception about what basic training is. And as we all know now, basic training, uh, drill sergeants and drill sergeants overall, you know, we're leading more with dignity and respect. All right, we are more innovative, we have more creative thinking, and we solve problems um, differently than what uh, drill sergeants back in the 60s and 70s did. Not to discredit them, however, we are thinking in modern day 2023. Um, so I just want to encourage you to go out there and you know tell your story. And just always remember, Brown's job is where Brown is. Um, it's the saying that I always say, I always try to say every chance I get, uh, is just be the best version of yourself anywhere you go um, in any conversation that you have. So, that's all I want to say. And there's like posters. I want everything I say on posters in my office. <laughs> um, I think to each and every one of you for being here and taking the time out of your day um, to share what you're doing and the impact you're making. So hopefully others will join your ranks in terms of sharing their story in a more um, public way so that we can continue to inspire service. So thank you all for being here. Um, Sergeant Major, spotlight's on you. All Final right. thoughts before we wrap up? So one, I just want to clarify, no, Sergeant McLean, I was not here in the 60s and 70s. <laughs> so let's just put that out up front. Part two is, um, so look, and you saw it here today. Um, you know, you have six different stories right here of why they joined. And you could, you could go across the Army and everybody joins for a multitude of reasons. You will see it, and it varies as much as our height or anything else. But what's really amazing about the Army, because I don't think that's the big question. The big question is, why do you stay? And it really starts to get into a couple of things. The power and the purpose of what you get to do and be a part of that cohesive team and support of your nation. And then and you hear us say this all the time, that we truly stand on the shoulders of giants. And it's, it's the folks you get to work with. And I think these six um, soldiers here with us today are a perfect representation of that. And as I look at uh, being in the fourth quarter of my career, I will walk away very proudly that we've got the right leaders in place as presented here today that will carry this Army forward and uh, continue to do great things. So thanks. It's always good to work with you, sir. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure having you here, and I think this will probably be our last one. So thanks for continuing to bring panels like this to such an impactful uh, platform. It's really fantastic to know that we have senior leaders wanting to make um, a difference through the voice of their soldiers. Absolutely. That's that's what um, we just want to thank you for as for your leadership as a command sergeant major here at Trade Dog. Not that you're leaving yet. This is your last LPD. So I had Absolutely. I had to say that and I had to say thanks for uh, continuing to bring what right looks like in the army from the Trade Dog spotlight. So thank you for that. Um, and as we've heard today, service in the army in 2023 looks different to each individual who raises their right hand. Their Army story will change as the Army continues to change. We've heard how each of these ha people have adapted and embraced change throughout their careers and how they found success. More importantly, we have heard that they carry banners that they have chosen to carry, to share their stories, to hopefully motivate others to join or serve with grace and integrity in an ever-changing Army. As the Army continues to drive towards their accession goals, soldiers like these are invaluable when it comes to inspiring the next generation of soldiers. People want and need to know what service in the Army looks like. And what better way to get an unfiltered, real look from those who they will encounter in every step of the way, from their recruiters, 
to their drill sergeants, to those they'll stand shoulder to shoulder with in service. Today is an example of what something as simple as talking about your Army journey can do. Tell your story. You never know who's listening. We'll be back in a couple of months with TRADOC's Executive Deputy to the Commanding General, Mr. Uh, Michael Formica, and Lieutenant General Milford Beagle, the Commanding General of the Combined Arms Center, to talk about removing barriers to success on both the civilian and service member side of things. Uh, stay tuned to TRADOC's social media platforms for exact details on that LPD. Thanks again to everyone for joining us, and as always, victory starts here.